social media can be such a grind around like, oh, you have to post this time of the day and reach out to these people and do this many reels and this many stories and post on Twitter and repurpose the TikTok. And it can take up a lot more time and mental capacity than other marketing channels. Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is The Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Meg Casebolt. She is the founder of Love at First Search and host of the Social Slowdown podcast. Meg loves to help businesses spend less time trying to hack the algorithms and instead creates SEO content that attracts your ideal audience to your website while helping entrepreneurs cut their dependency on social media for their business visibility. Mag, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So you're trying to get us off social media. I I mean, I am opening the door to the opportunity to get (laughs) off social media. I am not trying to push anyone to do anything they don't want to do. But by the time people find me, they're usually pretty fed up with it. And Mm. so they are open to the possibility. And and your your focus is kind of SEO, which Mm -hmm. I feel like was kind of the first game in town with the internet. I mean, the real, first real game in town was like search, you know? Yeah, and then, like, like you know, before before Facebook existed, people yeah. were writing their Zanga and LiveJournal blogs, right? <laughs> yeah, like web crawler, you know, like AltaVista, right? I mean, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Ask Jeeves that was all out there. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. What's Jeeves doing these days, right? I don't know. I think he's out of work. I think AI just replaced him. Like <laughs> pretty soon the robots will replace all of us. <laughs> that would have been a throwback if Google's AI bot was called Ask Jeeves and it was like they bought, if they like bought Ask Jeeves to like just be able to name anyways bard bard anyways. i wouldn't put it past google whatever they used to be bard i don't know if i'm a, I'm a fan of bard but you know i'm sure they'll brainwash me eventually this the name the brand i don't know i don't know but anyways so so why why do people need to get off social media i think sometimes there is a such a focus on creating a large audience on social media that we lose touch with what the goal of our businesses is Mm. and what we want social media to do for us. You know, instead of thinking, I need to have a million followers, maybe instead we should go, I want my agency to make a million dollars. And the way to do that may or may not involve social media. Mm. So I think sometimes people get lost in the metrics and lost in the, the dopamine hit of wow, I put this up and people liked it right away without remembering the fact that those people may or may not be our ideal clients, may or may not ever give us a single dollar. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, I was talking with a good friend of mine and he he has a lot of followers. And I think it was like, it was a, it was a tough realization that a lot of them were more in, in his industry. They were like peers, not prospects. Mm-hmm. 
And it was like, hey, why I've got all these people, like I'm getting all this, these like, you know, quote unquote results on social media, but I'm not getting like the results in, in the business. Yeah, it's very common. And I hear from a lot of people who started their businesses with more like collaborative partnerships and then felt like in order to grow, they had to build this big social media presence. And they spent a lot of time growing their followers and then realized that it wasn't necessarily making the difference they expected and went back to just working with partners and referrals and are a lot happier doing it. Because social media can be such a grind around like, oh, you have to post this time of the day and you know reach out to these people and do this many reels and this many stories and post on Twitter and repurpose to TikTok. And it can take up a lot more time and mental capacity than other marketing channels. Yeah. So, so tell me about Love at First Search. Like, like, pay me a picture. What's what's the agency today? Like, what's the makeup of the team? Or yeah. what, what? Who are we? Who yeah. do we work it's with? Like team clients, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we work mostly with um, women-owned businesses or people from marginalized communities, um, and our team is all women, most of whom are part-time with us, and all you know, contractors, and also moms, and all of us are getting kids off the bus. A couple of the team members are homeschoolers. We like that we can work part-time and be able to also juggle the life stuff. Several of my team members have left full-time employment because that's not what they're looking for. And instead, they come to work for me because they have the flexibility, mm. um, which is a pretty cool thing to be able to give people, you know, and to to flex their time, to flex my time, um, and make that work for all of us. And that's one of the things that I like to encourage our clients to do too, is to come up with ways that they can have marketing work for them so that way they can have more time freedom. That's one of our big core values is being able to have that flexibility of our times and our relationships and where we want to be spending our time versus where we feel like we should. Mm, that's that's cool. I feel like you're... you're, you're sounds like you have a very close-knit team. I do. There's eight of us that... Um, Everyone's been working with me. I have two folks who just joined me in uh, October, but the rest of them have been with me for at least two years. That's cool. That's cool. So it's nice to it's, it's it's great to hear the the clarity of who your market is, and also just the the purpose and alignment around the business's values. That you know you have like a value, and then you're actually living that value in in some way. That's cool. You know, it's sometimes I think that there's some of it is absolutely a conscious choice. And sometimes it's that, you know, we're all magnets and like attracts like. Yeah. And so when people hear me speak that or, you know, if they apply for a job, most of the time they're already on my email list by the time they become a, an, a team member. Did you say magnets or magnets? <laughs> <laughs> magnets. I am a Margaret, so I could be a Maggie. We okay. I was like, I was like, that's a cool. Like, I was like, oh, these are like your super fan club. These are my magnets, <laughs> right? I was like, I can see that. Magnets. No, I don't think I want to have some sort of like noun of like case full aficionados. I don't know that that's really a thing that I want to do. Maybe if yeah. I like start a fiction career and I want to have, you know, a Facebook group at some point for that. But no, not for not for just my team members. They're just my team members. <laughs> Um, but I do think that you attract people who you like, you know, and who like you. And if, especially on a very small team where we're in each other's Slack channels all the time. And if they don't like my sense of humor at the gifts that I send them, or like we have a, a Slack channel called SEO No of just like the ridiculous things that we find in keyword research. 
that's part of our team value is we have a playfulness. We have a curiosity and we're willing to put ourselves out there for each other. I, I was almost going to say that I, I, I bet your Slack channel is, uh, is, is kind of fun. Um, it to... it's, gets pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. What's like, you know, I mean, SEO, I know Google kind of hit the, like the red alert when like the AI, you know, thing hit, right? I mean, they kind of, you don't see, you know, massive megacorps like that, you know, trillion dollar businesses or whatever, like hit. Just like, lose it overnight. Lose it like publicly a little bit, right? Like yeah. that they're like, we're taking this very seriously. Like it was like DEFCON 3, like get your butt back in the office, bring in like the founders back or whatever. Like we got to <laughs> figure this out, um, which I thought was really surprising. But like, I guess, you know, we've had a little bit of time. I mean, is anything, has anything really changed in terms of, of search and strategy in, in the immediate term? You know, I think the thing about AI is that it's a conglomeration of things that already exist by its very nature. It's going, what's working? What has already been created? And what are the ways that I can consolidate that into something simple? Which, mm. like, that's important. You want things to be simple. You want to get a quick answer to your questions. You want to be able to ask follow-up questions. I think that's the biggest thing about AI versus search is you can ask follow-up questions in AI. Mm. But the more people are playing with ChatGPT and starting to really push its limits the more we're seeing all the holes that are still existing in the technology. You know, the academic citations that the AI bots are just making up or the things that they're <laughs> pulling from and not giving citations. And then like, there's no way to verify anything. It's a very unreliable narrator, which like you can say the same thing about blogging. If somebody, anyone can post a blog post, but it can be debunked. It can be followed up on, whereas AI doesn't have that. It kind of, sometimes it feels like AI is just like a, very well organized autocomplete, doesn't it? <laughs> it really is. And I mean, I know, like, you with know, spice, it's a spicy autocomplete, like, it's got a little sass to it. You yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> I know, like, Google, like, I mean, this is years ago, was doing stuff around intent of like, if it saw you search certain things sequentially, it would kind of change results based on what it was like. Okay, I think you're actually asking me to find a recommendation around this, not this, right? It was kind of like, yeah, it'd make some adjustments. It, it but... had some learning. There's some machine learning that happened in Google that I think is more advanced than what the AI bots are able to pull together now. Mm. Um, and I think as we're starting to poke more and more holes in the content that's being created through it, Google will react in kind. Like it has the capacity to be able to react. So mm. sure, people can create more social media posts or take things and consolidate them into blog posts or use it for their marketing. But is that going to sound like them? Is it going to be anything new? Is it going to be better than what's already out there? It has not yet proven to be true. Yeah. I was meeting with an agency the other day. And I mean, this they, they like do some amazing work and, and stuff, but they hadn't done a lot with their own blog yet. And they 
I was both excited and terrified. They had come up with like <laughs> over 200 blogs in their niche, right? And they had like already basically leveraged AI to write all 200 posts. And then they were going through, you know, editing them and, and making them, you know, kind of doing the human touch, right? But it was like, whoa, okay, 250 posts. Or like they had their content calendar like three times a week. You know, they were like, like they had their next, you know, two years or whatever of content just like, ready to rock ready and to roll. Go. Yeah. And it was, it was like, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty epic. But also like, what will the result be of that? You know, like how yeah. will that, how will that like, shake how, out? How much value is that actually bringing to yeah. their potential audience? Is it, is it standing out in its content or is it just producing more content? Mm. Yeah. And that's like the thing, you know, it's like I kind of have this, this vision of the future where like, you know, the AI is just creating content for the AI and the AI is like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good content, right? Let's keep making it. Let's keep making, you know, and then like the world, I think they call it like the, the, the paperclip, like, mm. like scenario or whatever, where like the, the universe is destroyed because we asked the robot to like, make, like, make, make paperclips, so like make a profitable paperclip business or, or like not pay per click, but like paperclip. Yeah. You know, and then like the like the the robots or whatever, you know, they start making the paperclips, but then they start like invading countries so they can steal their resources to like make more. And then eventually like they like destroy the planet because they like, you know, absorb the power of the sun to like make more paperclips. I'm probably butchering this, but it's like the idea there of like, you know, Will it actually be valuable to the the humans, or will it just like make the algorithm viral out of control? It's very. It also gives me a little bit of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy vibes. Yeah, just like so long, thanks for the fish. You know, (laughs) Um, there is no right answer here, and the amount that we're able to use these tools, great. Like I like I like to think of AI as a fantastic research assistant, but I don't Mm. want it to be my writer. Yeah. So what's like? So if I'm an agency and I want clients and I want to use SEO and not social media, I mean. Like, what are the, I feel like it's such a long game. I mean, what's, you know, is it, is it, are there any shortcuts? Are there any hacks? Are there any ways that you can get me SEO traffic without having to put in the miles? Like, can you give me well, the diet pill here? You're going to love my answer, which is <laughs> choose a really clear niche. Mm, yeah. And be really obvious about who you're serving, how you're serving them, and how you're, you actually solve a problem for them. I like to think that the thing that, you know, makes us stand apart as humans from the robots and helps us really niche down is our empathy. It's the fact that we can figure out what is the specific problem that I'm solving for these people and why am I the best fit for this? Back before I niche down into search engine optimization, I did a lot of web design. This was back when I was a freelancer, not quite an agency. And I got into a referral track of all interior designers and business coaches for interior designers. I just like, I I feel like there was a year there where 50% of my clients were interior designers entirely from referrals, starting from my previous job working in an architecture firm. So I knew the lingo. I knew the industry. I knew how to make sure that the images showed up in Google image search. I knew how to make sure that they were, you know, scrolling at the right speed. I knew how to talk about interior design. And so when I was creating content for that particular audience, I was creating things that were like, you know, how to get your images to show up in Google image search when you're an interior designer. When you can get to that level of detail and create content that is so specific to the problems that your audience is experiencing, then, or in that case, it might have been Pinterest, or it may have been, you know, specific things for that audience. 
there wasn't a lot of competition for those long tail keywords. Mm. Because who was getting to that level of detail for interior designers? Pretty much me and two other people. (laughs) So if I only have to beat out two other people by creating better content than them, I can get to Google search results number one for that search term and then use it to build up to more like, you know, instead of it just being how to get your Google images to show up from interior designers on Google search images, you know, like instead of just that, then I could write the next post, which would probably be how to get them to show up in a carousel, how to optimize your portfolios, you know, how to how to showcase your portfolios on your homepage, by sort of stacking your content for a specific audience and then linking between it. You can rank for things really quickly and you don't need to have the, you know, I didn't need to be showing up for interior design because that wasn't what I was doing. Mm. I wanted to show up for web design for interior designers. I wanted to show up for, you know, WordPress plugins for interior designers. I didn't have to have millions and millions or even hundreds of hits. I needed like a handful of really perfect people showing up and going, yep, that's my person. Like, yeah. none of this is new for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's like, because I think it's, it's really easy to get distracted. And that's part of your thesis right around the social media and the audience side of wanting to go after even doing keyword research and going to, you know, to top of the funnel yeah. early on in, in, in top of the funnel being more competitive terms that maybe does have big traffic, but there's, you know, maybe there's the interior designers or the interior designing software companies or, you know, suppliers are going after certain types of terms. And you know, maybe you're fine to get like really crazy bottom of the funnel stuff, you know, and and 10 visits would get you like four leads. Mm -hmm. We don't always have to go for the flashiest things. Sometimes it's better to go for the most relevant or the most urgent. Mm. Sometimes it's about the timing, especially for search traffic. With social media, it can take a long time for you to develop that relationship with people. You know, even with podcasting, sometimes you want to be doing it for nurturing versus for conversions because you just want to be that top of people's minds when they do have a problem. But when it comes to search results, that's people going, my website just broke. What the heck do I do? I need it back up tomorrow. And those people can often be more ready to buy, even from cold, than folks who have been in your world for years and just don't see the urgency of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, coming back to your agency for for a quick second, I know you mentioned yeah. that you were kind of freelancing. Then you decided to go into the agency. I know there's a portion of our listeners out there that are kind of in that space. Maybe they're the agency of one, uh, right? <laughs> um, what What are some things that you did that, uh, you know, I mean, was that a decision that you just kind of happened or was it like a strategic plan that you came up with? Like, yes, I'm going to do this business thing. I'm going to go all in on this. Like, what was the decision to go from kind of on your own, you know, solopreneur to, to something bigger? Man, wouldn't it be great if I could tell you that I had a plan? <laughs> um <laughs> No, I mean, I actually actively resisted starting an agency for a long time because I thought that if I started an agency, I would have to spend more time managing people and more time doing business development. And it wouldn't be satisfying to sort of the technician in me, if we're going to use like emith roof as yeah. terms, you know. And then I built up enough of a referral and collaborative network that I kept getting leads that I didn't want to say no to. And so when the demand outpaced the supply, 
you know, demand being my clients coming in and supply being the time that I wanted to spend. Then I, at, at the time I was also, and I still run training programs for people who want to teach themselves search engine optimization. And somebody came through the program and I brought her on as a research assistant. Um, so she did all my keyword research and that gave me more time. And then the next person that I hired was a admin person and then, you know, a marketing person. And so it sort of happened very organically and we don't expand the team until we're feeling a little uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> right? So it's like when, when you're bursting at the seams, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we'll wait a little bit longer, but you know, you're kind of feeling the pain before, before you make that move. That's, that's very smart. Yeah, and I think there are people who say like hire before you're ready, but I'm I'm a little bit less risk tolerant than that. I'm like and and I have entirely contractors. And so we can kind of have these sort of expansion contraction moments where some of them are intentional and some are less so. We had a launch earlier, uh, I guess last month we had a launch, so we had a big flush of people coming in, but I know that we're going to finish those projects soon cuz I only do short-term projects. I don't do any long-term retainers, which is really strange for SEO. And so I know that we're going to have to go through another biz dev run, but my contractors know that we can pretty well figure out what our workload is going to be. And if I don't have work for them, I always have friends who do. And we also, since we're all parents who want the time freedom over the summer, we'll often say to each other, okay, you take the summer off because we don't have enough work for you. And these folks who have young kids and already are doing this, they don't have to worry about it. You know, like kind of who needs time off for summer camp? We'll make those distinguishments before the summer happens. So that way we can scale back and have our time freedom and plan our projects accordingly, plan all of our timelines ahead of time. Yeah. That's cool. Nobody says that, do they? Nobody says like, here's how we scale back. <laughs> so we can go on vacation and yeah. lay in our hammock and drink White Claw. Yeah, that's, those are our company values. <laughs> hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white-label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e2msolutions.com forward slash u-g-u-r-u-s. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. I, I hope that's on a, a, like a, a plaque above your desk, right? Like <laughs> core value, drink white claw, take, you know, scale down and uh, take time. But I think there's, I mean, it is, it is refreshing. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I'm definitely a very growth driven person, but there's a lot of times where that that could become counterproductive, you know, like overtraining or something. If you're, you know, into endurance or or any kind of like physical stuff, like I know that's a that's like a real thing, you know, like people that you know, if you overtrain, you end up like kind of starting you start to detrain, and then yeah. you know, you end up getting hurt, and then you're out for the season. And <laughs> those shin you know. splints, these are like you you don't want your business to get shin splints. No shin splints <laughs> for the business. So yeah, well, I think also. Like we know our customer sales cycle. We know that things slow down for us in the summer. They slow down for us in December. So instead of pushing to always be getting more and more and more, it's like, well, what mm. if instead of 
leaning into, you know, pushing through the problem, we lean into it. We take that time ourselves. We downshift our workload to match it instead of feeling like we always have to be like grinding into the adrenal fatigue and burnout that comes from working a lot harder than we need to. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good message for us to, to end on. Do you have a couple minutes to hang out for our lightning round? Sure. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, Based on this conversation, I would say follow your gut, you know, follow your instincts and let what your values are guide the decisions you make. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Reading a lot. Not just nonfiction books either, but I find myself always thinking about what in these novels can apply to real life and also like how you turn off your brain. I think for a long time, I over-consumed and like listened to every business podcast and read every business book I could get my hands on. And it was really overwhelming. And so I think having some sort of, uh, you know, hobby that is not monetized that you don't need to make money from, but you just shut down your brain is really important. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you've been using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? I use a time management tool called Reclaim. It's at reclaim.ai to speak about how AI improves our lives, right? And it will sync with my ClickUp to put the tasks that I need to get done in a given day on my calendar, along with the habits that I want to cultivate. So every day it assigns me time for, uh, for taking my dog for a walk and for processing my inbox. And then it will like put the rest of my tasks in. And if I don't want to do them, I just slide them around and it reschedules it. So that's really good for me because I want to have that flexibility of how I'm spending my days based on how much energy I have. And to-do lists have always just felt like totally overwhelming for my ADHD brain of like, I don't know where to start, so I can't do anything. Whereas now I can just go, I don't want to start with that and slide it out of the way. Nice. And speaking of reading, what book would you recommend and why? Oh, man. See, I saw this question come up in advance. And I was like, let me (laughs) see what happens in the conversation. Because you can even see behind me. This is like, I love, love business books. Based on what we talked about, I think the book Algorithms of Oppression would be really helpful. This idea of sometimes the algorithms and the AI are not unbiased. And you still need to have critical thinking skills and human brains and human emotions involved in what you choose to do. Awesome. We will link out. I haven't heard of that book yet, so I'm excited. You just you just piqued my interest. Algorithms of Oppression. We will link out on our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And well, it's a very pretty color uh, or colorful uh, cover of the book. So check that out. Algorithms of Oppression. We'll also link to reclaim.ai. So I'm probably not going to give AI access to my calendar because it's just going to give me <laughs> it's going to be like a sad face emoji. It's going to be Aww. like, oh, you're so... What's yeah. really cool about Reclaim, <laughs> though, is that if you have a team that you're working with and all of you are using it, it will actually reschedule your meetings to make sure that they're at the time that you agree upon. So it can like set up your one-to-one oh, meetings. Those are good. With, yeah, it's really cool. Very nice. It's like the next, the next uh, level of the AI. Just the machine just needs to tell me where I need to be at what time, and it'll give me like a little sippy cup, and I'll just, I'll be, you know, I'll, I won't, I won't revolt. AI to bring us drinks, and um, <laughs> can it bring me my white claw? There you go. Then it's all bets are off, right? We're gonna be, 
We're going to be downsizing. You know, we're going to be taking months of our business off. I don't know. We'll be doing something, right? Drinking if white the AI claw. can bring it to me, then I'm, <laughs> I might be on board with the robot overlords. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we're going to put all those resources at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Check them out. Get the book. Get the app. Meg, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Sure. You can head over to loveitfirstsearch.com. We have an SEO starter kit there. If you're thinking about getting started with your own SEO for your website, or you want to start to integrate it, if you do have a web design agency into um, working with your clients' websites. Uh, and if you're more interested in getting off social media, you can come on over to my podcast at Social Slowdown. And that's where we talk about alternatives to social media. And also, I won't tell you to come talk to me on social media because I'm not there. It's awesome, <laughs> y'all. It's the best. <laughs> oh my gosh alright awesome we're gonna add love at first search dot com to our show notes page I just I want to tell you though I love your the brand name I love the agency name it just it's just a cool it's just it's a good agency name love at first search dot com I just love it it's, it's awesome or and we'll also link out to social slowdown uh, your podcast if y'all love this show you're gonna you're gonna love Meg's show um, check her out doing great things on there um, it was so awesome having you by the program today. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for having me, Brent. It was my pleasure. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.